Hello, ladies and gentlemen, it's your buddy Gavin, and I've got a special edition of the Filibuster Freestyle for you all. This uh, episode's guest is the great up-and-coming actress Lily Bourdon. If you've seen The Martian with Matt Damon, or if you obviously saw Westworld on HBO this year, she was the fortune teller. Uh, in Westworld. So we're really excited to have Lily Bourdon join us. You can check her out on uh, lilybourdon.com. Also, you can check out her IMDB page. She's done a lot of work and we talk about a lot of it on the podcast. Before we get to Lily's interview, uh, a couple of announcements and we'll get rolling with the show. First of all, as always, check us out at filibusterfreestyle.com. We appreciate you checking out the site. Give us feedback on how we're doing on our Facebook page as well. That's uh, facebook.com slash filibusterfreestyle. We're up over 10,000 listeners right now uh, overall, which is phenomenal. Really excited about hitting that plateau. Places listening, New York City, Itajai, Brazil, Aurich, Germany, Chur, Switzerland, and the number one city for two episodes that I've announced in the row, our friends in Ashburn, Virginia. Again, love you, whoever you are in Ashburn, Virginia. You didn't, you didn't listen quite as much as when you listened to 143 episodes in one week, but we still appreciate you coming in first place. Um, Curtis Fingers, our uh, handicap betting for entertainment purposes only expert, um, enjoyed a 5-1 and one Big 12 picks over-under spread uh, during the regular season. Obviously, he's not picking any bowl games, um, but Curtis Fingers has agreed to pick the college football playoff games for us, despite the fact that no Big 12 teams, the league of his expertise, are in the playoff. Uh, and he's done absolutely no work or analysis this season so far on the Big Ten, SEC, ACC, or Pac-12. Should be interesting from Curtis Fingers. As always, follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Gavin Viano or on Instagram, gavin.filibuster.v. Uh, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Leave a review. Help others find the show. Let's get over 20,000 listeners. Let's hit that next plateau, and we appreciate your help on that. Um, like I said, leave a review. You can definitely follow us and comment on SoundCloud as well. We appreciate positive feedback, and we'll deal with negative feedback if that's what it takes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, also, it's the Christmas and holiday season, so few things we're going to do about that. One, last year my cousin Rob Viano and I put out a song called Reindeer Party. Uh, I'm going to be starting not this podcast, but the next couple of podcasts with either Reindeer Party or the other song we put out last year, Shana Na 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 Christmas. You may want to add it to your uh, holiday Christmas playlists for something different that people haven't heard before um, from the, Ill, Ill, not ill-fated, but unofficial record company of the Freestyle Lunchtime Records run by our own Roscoe P. And uh, maybe a joint venture with Axis Mooney Records owned by our buddy Bill and his buddy Graham. Uh, one more, two more announcements. First of all, shout out to our boy and our buddy, good friend of the show, Ashley Howard assistant coach at Villanova, number one team in the nation, the Wildcats. Had him on last year, and we'd like to have him on again before the uh, Big East season gets going, but props to him. And um, speaking of other Drexel graduates, our buddy Carl Ray is going to come back soon. We're going to talk about some uh, putting together a great holiday music, Christmas music playlist, and of course the great and Kennedy Sullivan will be coming back for a, a review of good and bad Christmas traditions uh, two things. One, it would not be a Christmas tradition without bringing back Ann Kennedy Sullivan. Number two, thank you to the Filibuster Freestyle fans and pundits who suggested traditions, both good and bad, for Ann and I to discuss. With that said, I will cue up the theme song. Uh, really looking forward to this interview again with the great up-and-coming 
and uh, talented actress Lily Bourdon. Check her out again in The Martian with Matt Damon, in season one of Westworld on HBO as the fortune teller, and in many other things. Again, you can check her out at lilyborden.com. But first, it's the theme song. It's the filibuster freestyle. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, very excited for our guest this time around in the filibuster freestyle. It's your buddy Gavin with uh, our new friend Lily Borden or Bordan. Lily, first of all, I'll get into who you are in a minute, but am I saying your name correctly? Um, actually, I haven't decided how to properly pronounce my name. In, hung- in Hungary, it's Bordan, mm-hmm. but I don't expect anyone to say Bordan. So it's Borden or Bordon or Bordan or, wow, whatever so, you want to so say. However you want to say This it. is a tomato-tomato moment for us here on the Filibuster Freestyle. Yes, tomatoes, tomatoes, it's all the same person. Okay, well, either way, um, in general, the same person would be actress Lily Bourdon, if I go with Bourdon for now. Um, yes. Actually, a fun little game will be for the listeners to see how many different pronunciations either I or you use of your own you know, you know, stage name. But you are an actress. Um, we, we on the show found you as the fortune teller character in Westworld. Um, and then you were kind enough to like a couple of our tweets. And we finally can have you on the show to talk about not only Westworld, but also some other things you're doing with your career and maybe some other things just that you're interested in, et cetera. So thanks for being on. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Definitely. And so you're out in L.A. today. Is that correct? I live in L.A. I've lived here for a few years um, by way of Budapest. I grew up in New York, but I moved to Budapest and started my acting career there. And um, and I still go back and film from time to time. Nice. That's... Um, the last, yeah, the last couple of things I filmed there were um, kind of a big variance of things from a Disney movie called American Girl. Mm-hmm. I played as a little girl's Aunt Sophie, which was a really fun role, to... Um, to the Martian with Matt Damon and Jessica Chastain, and, um, and that was a supporting role. I only had a couple of lines in it. I played a reporter, but I, but it was really fun working on it and meeting Ridley Scott. That's cool. That's very cool. What what was it like to work like? So, for instance, when you audition for that role, I'm doubting Ridley Scott is there. But the first day you get there, I get to work and meet with Ridley Scott. Um, what's the dichotomy between taking direction and being like, oh my God, that's Ridley Scott? Well, you get over that pretty quickly because everyone's there to just make a movie and, mm-hmm. and nobody's really, um, you know, starstruck or anything. You just get the work done and uh, Ridley usually doesn't, like my mom played Matt Damon's mom. Her scenes got cut. but Oh, bummer. Uh, she's, an, <laughs> she's an actress as well. The movie was uh, too long to include that those those bits with Matt Damon and his mom and dad but um but like he directed her from a distance so he was just this disembodied voice directing her mm, interesting she never even met him but I uh but when I was on set it was a really big scene with lots of lots of uh actors and extras and just lots of cameras and so he came over to introduce himself and give us specific directions. That's cool. And so that's kind of ironic that you and your mom were both cast in the same film and she was playing the main character's mom, but 
her scenes were the ones that got cut. That's like a fun fact from that film. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm full of fun facts like that. Well, that's why that's why we're hoping this becomes <laughs> They're not that fun. They're not that fun when it happens to you because like on Westworld I had three big beautiful scenes and mm. they were mostly cut. So Wow, um, really? What ended up, yeah, what ended up making the cut was that one uh, moment when you see Evan Rachel would get to uh, Sweetwater, is it? Is that where she is? Um, it's it's called um, the land where they arrive. It's called Pariah. Pariah. Okay, got it. And they, um, yeah, and then they, I, I am not sure I can say what would have happened before, but, um, but I did have more scenes and I did invite them to come and have their fortunes read and then she comes back and that's when the whole maze things ha- thing happens and um, there was uh, there were quotes from Dante's Inferno that I had to learn in Italian and recite. Wow, so you're um, so you're learning like and I know that you speak several languages and that's something cool we can maybe touch on too, but so you're learning lines in Italian just in case they need them, but to your point, it's a little bit of a uh, I don't know. It's kind of a little bit sour when your your lines in Italian go away, and, and like you said, it's more. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit. I was a bit sad about that, but but it, it all serves to uh, move the series forward. So. Um, oh so no question. Can do you you show up and prepared, and then you do your best work, and if it serves the story or the the series arc, then they keep it. If it doesn't, or in my case, um, what happened was. Well, they went on hiatus for a while. Everybody knows that. That's no secret. So they kind of rewrote um, the last few episodes. So that I, I'm imagining that that might have gone back and affected some storylines, including mine, going back through episodes that they'd already filmed. So yeah, that's actually again. I know that you know that's actually that's a fun fact. Like the, like the why you know so to understand why something might get left on the cutting room floor it may have nothing to do with anything other than things were changed after the fact. So that's, that's interesting. Um, what was the audition process like for, for Westworld and for that role? Did you specifically read for that role only, I guess? Um, yes. Yes. I went in and met, uh, Deanna Brigitte who, who, who cast my, my particular role and, uh, she was really helpful and, and said, great. And then just gave me a few instructions. She seemed to know, I got the feeling that she knew she wanted me to get it, which I, I'd never met her before, but she might have seen something in me that she knew would work in the series. Nice. And and so she said, do it. Uh, she said, do it this way the whole way that, that you did the last. She gave me some, some really good instruction, and I, I ran with it, and then I got the call, and I was... I was surprised, but I wasn't surprised. I was very excited, and it was a very exciting shoot because... Um, because of all the interesting and talented people involved, because of the way the series was shot, it was shot on film and not digital. Mm-hmm. So it was this kind of old world Hollywood feel, and the tempo was um, comfortable. It was it didn't feel rushed, and um, and just brilliant people and actors to work with. I, like I had scenes like Jimmy. I met Jimmy Simpson on set. I met Evan Rachel Wood on set. Nice. Um, we had. We had three scenes together, so I met them on different days, and we had rehearsal, which was a real luxury. 
Absolutely. You didn't have to just kind of wing it in the moment, which is probably nice. Um, what, what about, um, so did, do you know Jimmy Simpson from some of his other work or, or no? Yeah. Um, I'd seen him on house of cards and yep. noted him as a, as a, as someone I would like to work with. So that's awesome that that came true. And, um, and then he has a series on Bravo, I think, uh, which I forgot the title of it, but it's about psychopath killers and he plays a cowboy. Huh, okay. Cowboy. Really? Well, you know what's funny about Jimmy, and again, I don't know him, and that's cool that you've worked with him, obviously, but, you know, I, I grew up and was a, a big fan of kind of his, his guest starring roles in um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and just oh, right. his range is, is so, it's actually really profound, considering that in House of Cards, I actually kind of forgot he was one of the McPoyle brothers, which um, is probably something that he wanted, because he would not want to get typecast as McPoyle. Um, for the rest of his life. So that's, I mean, but then same thing. I, I had some friends who got into Westworld maybe a few weeks later than me and they were like, Oh, what's McPoyle doing? And I'm like, give it, give it like an hour. He's not going to be McPoyle anymore. And, um, you know, he, he, he did a great job in that role. Unbelievable job actually. Yeah. And he told me that it was his first kind of leading man, man role. Mm-hmm. And that <laughs> he seemed excited about it. That's cool. And you could, I mean, good for him too. That's a great, like, he's kind of chipped away at it and he's been in some good stuff. Um, was, so you were a part of The Martian, obviously, which is obviously another huge production. So how much does the process of interviewing differ from role to role? Do you have any examples of just the different like, scenarios in which you've auditioned? Any good stories that stick out? Well, I've auditioned a lot and it feels like a lot and it's, it's really fun and I really, like immerse myself in the character fully for each audition luckily I've had um my auditions are always spread out Mm -hmm. it's like god no god knows that I can't take more than one audition a day so like uh like the last two weeks I've had an audition a day um whether it's taping myself or going in to read for the role um tv roles film roles um I'm they're, they're basically all the same. They just want to find a good match for the character and for the other actors who are already cast. They mm-hmm. want a, they want a, they want a good team of faces and, and talent to tell the story. Gotcha. And do you have kind of a favorite um, or most unique uh, kind of audition story? Well, uh, when I auditioned for Battlestar Galactica Blood and Chrome, that was a few years ago, mm-hmm. and... I, I, my manager had sent me the script. She sends, she sent me all the pilot scripts and I read, I read this one and found out that I had met the writer at a film festival. So I contacted him and got a coffee with him and told him I was interested in this role. I was a real go getter. Nice. <laughs> and, um, I eased off a little bit, but I, but that's how I did it. And, and he said, well, you're too young for this role. It was meant for an older woman to play mm-hmm. Adama's um, love interest in Battlestar Galactica Blood and Chrome, which is a prequel to the series on sci-fi. So um, so I taped the audition and I sent it to him and he said, basically, you're it. Like, not just him, but the whole um, David Icke cool. and then the director and they all wanted uh, me to do it. And then I went in for an audition and I had had time at that point to because I had had the script for so long I learned all the scenes so we just did 
we taped all the scenes at the audition and I know, and they told me that I was straight to wardrobe, <laughs> which is this expression they use when they cast you and, and that I was the only one who had been off book for the part, which was shocking to me because I'm off book. Even if I have a few hours, I forced myself to get off book. Even if, um, the words aren't perfect, I, I want to be off page so that I can connect with the, the reader and show my best work. It's really hard to act uh, while you're reading lines, it's impossible to act while you're. Yeah, reading lines. it must be absolutely. I mean, you're doing two different. You know, you you need to be living that character, not reading about them in, like in a book, right? I mean, that's. It's distracting to to be looking down. Yeah, and I've had to do it, and I've done it, and I don't like it, and I'd rather not go in if I can't memorize it. But I've gotten really good at memorizing. So. Any tip? Any tips to that? To memorizing anything you, that you can give away, or is it like trade secret stuff, Lily? Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's it is, and people charge a lot of money for it. But I'm gonna give you a couple of tips right now. Um, for me, when I had a play, I did a mammoth play here in Los Angeles a couple years ago, and I had a bunch of monologues and just a lot of lines to learn in a very short amount of time. And what I did was I walked with the lines. There's this hill by my place that I walk up and learn line. So uh, it allows you to peg certain words and lines. It happens automatically. You don't even think about mm. it. But as you're walking, you're remembering the words that you're saying as you're walking past certain houses and trees and landmarks. And so, um, and also the, the walking, I feel like it's this weird thing where the walking spins the lines into my body, into my, into oh. my mind. Okay. Instead of, instead of sitting at a table um, where I'm, I'm probably falling asleep over the, the lines. I mean, I'm getting good at learning lines just from looking at them too, but to get it on its, its feet and walk with it and breathe it in, it helps to learn that. And that goes for a speech, it goes for a, a poem that you might be reading or, or, or anything that you want to, or, or studying for an exam. If you walk while you're learning it, it goes in faster. Mm -hmm. um, I also have an app that I use. Uh, you could, there's a million apps online that you can use to show how many actors there are, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Good point. To help you learn lines. And you record the other person's lines, and then you say your lines, and... Oh, and okay. So it's, so like, it's a dialogue yeah. without needing someone to practice with you. Exactly, and it's on a loop, so... As soon as you finish, uh, it goes back to zero and you start the scene again. So that allows you to maximize the time. Yeah. And then um, there's other things I know that I've learned from other actors. Wow, I'm giving you all my secrets. Yeah, right I was going to say, well, before you do this last one. You, <laughs> are you even going to need these? You're not an actor. No, but we have we, – I, I, I have never acted. I, I do some musical stuff, but um, no, I do okay, more singing and dancing. But we do have some people that we um, – that listen who are either out your way or who are you know, here in New York where I am now who do some acting. So I'm sure that some of the audience will be cool. really either glad to use it or just glad to know how people do it. But do you do, yeah. do you do a little coaching or anything like that on the side in terms of like imparting your wisdom? And if people wanted to find you, do you want to plug that really quickly before you give away all your secrets? Yes. Um, I have a website, lilyborden.com, and um, there's a little button uh, – that says coaching and then a contact and you can email me there. It's been bouncing back. So you can find me on my Facebook page mm -hmm. um, and just message me on my um, Facebook fan page. 
and I can get back to you there until I figure out what's happening with my website. But mostly it's been friends, yep. but I would like to coach. I would like to get into coaching and helping people. I have people I rely on that aren't necessarily like working actors, but that have a good, uh, good, have really good input and are just really good people. I think, I think that the most important thing is to have a sensitivity and, and an honesty and an openness and, and then, and then you can help people with, with anything. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think to being willing to share that is, is really cool. And so by the way, guys who are listening, Lily spells her first name L-I-L-I. So when you're Googling her website, you want to spell it that way. All right. What was the last tip you were going to give us? For learning lines? Yeah. Why not? Right? <laughs> okay. Um, I was at a studio one day after an audition or voiceover stuff, or I don't know what I was doing. I think it was voiceover for something. And I walked into the museum and I'm it was actually, it was Warner, either Warner Brothers, it was Warner Brothers or Universal. I don't know which one is in Burbank. But I walked into this museum and it, it had a script from Denzel Washington from Training Day. Mm-hmm. And it was on display underneath this glass case and all of every single word was circled. Huh. Every single word was circled. So I did that for a while and that helped for, for a while. And then the last thing, which... People told me, but I never used it, and I wish I tried it earlier. Was um, writing out the first letter of every word. Got it. Okay. Because that lifts you right off the page. So, Gavin, if you need to learn a song or yeah. lyrics or something, just write out the first letter of of each word in your song, and then um, you'll be amazed at what happens. Correct. And that was actually when you were talking about it, and I was thinking of. There's been a, a handful of times when, when our, our, our band has had to learn a bunch of songs because someone wants us to play their wedding. And we don't typically play people's weddings, but one, people are usually friendly with you, and two, they're usually paying you pretty well and feeding you. So why not? Get some exposure. And, and you never know when, who you can meet. Like I correct. was just watching this one girl said that she met and I forget her name, and I forget his name, and I forget all of it. But uh, but she made a great connection, and now she's um, a superstar. So correct. And so and so you never contacts. you never know. And so I'm you know we we kind of had like a no country policy. I mean I don't mind country music. We just didn't play country for our own. You know we just didn't want to do that. But this couple wanted to get married, and like every song they wanted us to learn that we didn't already know was a country song. And um, one of the things that helped was driving while listening to country songs. And I think like you said. Um, going on long trips, remembering the words, remembering where I was when I kind of had a breakthrough on like, oh, what's the bridge? Okay, I had that down cold now. Um, And writing, always back when I first, first got into like singing and we started doing covers before we started writing our own stuff, I would literally just take the lyrics from the computer and then write them all by hand once and it always, it took me to a new level. So it's it's interesting to hear some of the things that you, you do because clearly learning a song is one thing, learning say a soliloquy is... Whew, that's a lot of words. So, yeah, there's no. Well, yeah, um, there's no refrain, or you know, and it's not. Re- there's not much repetition when you're learning a monologue. Correct, or, and the, or, sol- or a soliloquy. Right, and there's no melody yeah, to bank on or anything. Yeah. Right, but but yeah, writing writing out each word is how I started learning lines, and I just discovered that there's ways that that gets you so far but then when you start writing the first letter of each line that helps you um 
feel more confident in the fact because you'll remember the words. Mm-hmm, right. You'll ju- you'll just see a page full of letters, and that's what anyone else will see. But you'll actually see the structure of correct the lines and the monologue. That's the that's a cool one. I like that one a lot. So for the for those of y'all who want some coaching, LilyBordon dot com and uh, yes, hit her up you. hit her up on Facebook and follow her on Twitter at LilyBordon. Yeah. On all those things, I'll follow you back. The, sh- the team follow back from back in the days when it all, it all started. Um, all right, a couple more topics, and then we'll get you out of here. I, like I said, I appreciate your, your time on what I hope is a sunny day in California because it is not sunny in New York City right now. Um, oh yeah, it's actually not bad here. Excellent. Um, okay, so let's see. A life lived sounds like an interesting kind of film that you worked on. Um, not just because you got to work with Denise Richards, who. Um, you know, I've always enjoyed Denise Richards, even back in her Seinfeld cameo way back when. Um, but she's obviously been in, in the media for a long time. But the, the movie's kind of about the life of a dollar bill. Can you kind of give us a little bit of a, like, take on that? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm just looking for it here, pulling it up. Um, so it was directed by Riley Wood. And Denise Richards, Jennifer Taylor, and myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Jennifer Taylor has some amazing TV credits too. It okay. was uh, it and oh, and Marshall Manesh, who was in. I think all, it's always is it was he in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I believe so. I yeah, so. I think you're right. Yeah, he was the taxi driver. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I worked with him. I had a scene with him. So it was it was a bunch of scenes put together. It was following the life of a dollar bill. So I didn't actually have scenes with Denise or Jennifer. Okay. Um, I had a scene with King of Phillips and a scene with Marshall Manesh. Everybody had two scenes, and that's how it linked the together. Mm-hmm. That's a cool premise. Yes. And when did you all? Sh- it is cool. Yeah, I when I was reading about it, when I was looking at kind of some of the stuff you worked on, I actually was like, I don't really care who's in that. That just sounds like a fun little like fun little follow along with that dollar bill. That sounds fun. And, uh, there's actually some really good people in it, which makes it that much more compelling, but that's cool. And is that out? That's already out, correct? Um, it's on the festival circuit right now, Ah, so it's not out yet. Cool. Okay. Well, hopefully it does well. Um, do you, I'm sure you've been to some festivals. I think you mentioned that earlier with that writer you'd met, but, um, the only one I've ever been, I've been to, uh, let's see, Sundance. That's it. Excuse me. Um, do you go to any festivals? Do you have any fun festival stories? This was not a pre um, pre question. Sorry. <laughs> I usually go to festivals um, that are around me. Like if I'm if I happen to be in Budapest, I'll go to the Budapest Film Festival. If I'm in LA, I'll go to the LA Film Festival. But I've never been to Cannes, even though I've had films there. I didn't go. I mm-hmm. should have. I wish I would have. I wish. I wish I would have gone to a lot of the festivals where my films went. Um, but it always seemed like I was just either working on the next project or trying to get the next project. Um, so I, I missed some opportunities there. I think like my film Cherry, which was my first movie I filmed in LA uh, about eight, seven years ago, uh, went to Carlo Vivari, which is an amazing festival in Central Europe in mm-hmm. the Czech Republic. And I really wish I would have gone to that because the film did really well mm. and people loved it there. And because I have a lot of friends there because I'm Hungarian, but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, um, I just, uh, our film apparition has been making the rounds in the festivals and it's been winning lots of awards and all three of us, uh, Jody Quigley who played the male lead and then, um, Katrina law, you probably know her from, um, 
Spartacus and Arrow. Oh, yeah. Just another TV show. But the three of us were leads in this movie called Apparition. And we've all won uh, acting awards for it. I've been nominated three times and I won one award for it. So, nice. But congrats. I didn't actually, yeah, I didn't go to the festivals because, um, well, I didn't even know about some of them. And then, and then um, I just, I just couldn't leave because it, it's, you know, it's not like uh, they're paid. You know, it's not like they pay you. Correct. You got to get there and take the time and find a room and all that. I'm sure. Right. It's a lot of work, actually, and and I'm not at that level yet where um, I have people paying my way for that. So it's not like the tour of of um, you know a, a big, huge movie, and I'm playing the lead. That'll come at some point, I hope. But um, for now, um, I'm focusing on my next role. Yeah, all the time. that makes total sense. And I think if you if the goal is to get to a point where it's mandatory that you travel that circuit, then taking the next job or finding the next job clearly seems like a – if you're going to divide your time, that seems like a place you want to be. Yeah. Nice. Um, all right. Let's talk about – so you've mentioned the fact that you're Hungarian uh, at least once. And I actually um, – you know, when I was in college, I actually – Two brothers and a sister were all basically uh, – I was on the college swim team and they all were on the team at different points too. Um, so I've been subject to some Hungarian and car rides in which I'm completely lost and that's fine. Um, but but talk about – so your mom is, is from Hungary as well? Yeah, she's a Hungarian actress. Correct. She's, okay. Go ahead. She's um, She left her career 30-some uh, years ago. Um she married my dad, moved to the States, and then had me and my brother. And now she's back on stage in Budapest. She's filming a ton. She's on the cover of magazines. And before she left, she was a huge star in Budapest in the 70s and wow. early 80s. So so uh, she's, she's left it, and she studied all kinds of other things like natural healing, techniques she became a yoga teacher she became um a craniosacral healer and reiki practitioner and she did that for most of her time in the states the 20 years or so that she spent in the states and then uh, when she moved back to budapest she well now she's back at it so she and she's loving it that's great um that's really fantastic so it, yeah. it, it wasn't daunting i have her a lot I have her, just really quickly, I have her last name, because we were talking about my last name, Borden. Yes. Because my dad's last name was impronounceable, so <laughs> uh, her name is <laughs> her name is Irene Borden, I-R-E-N-B-O-R-D-A-N, and if you go on my website, lilyborden.com, L-I-L-I-B-O-R-D-A-N.com, you'll see that I have a little separate website for her. I noticed that. So That's cool. You did, yeah. So I've got her reel of her most notable works, her little clips from them, and yeah. Does she, so most of the, all right, well, here's a question really quickly. So it sounds like there's a lot of filming going on in Budapest. Is that correct? That's correct. Is that because a ton of different national, international places wind up filming there, or is there a huge just... Hungarian cinema, cinema scene, or is it both? Well, the Hungarian cinema scene is growing. Like uh, our film won Best Foreign Picture last year, mm-hmm. Son of Saul, and it really deserved the award. And then, um, and then, yeah, I mean, they've got a great film school, so, so the people who come out of there are really good at lighting and sound, and and the studios are state of the art. They can compete 
with any of the studios here in Los Angeles. Um, the Martian was filmed there, um, but that set has been used for other things like the Nat Geo series um, going on right now about Mars. I think it's called Mars. Oh, yeah, and yeah. So that was the same set as the one they used for The Martian. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so they filmed that there and just uh, just really great facilities. So people like the film there. It's great. There's a great tax rebate. Um, there are not a lot of actors who speak English there. So they, they bring a lot of their actors from, from the surrounding countries. Um, there's a whole network of casting directors and um, and the British actors, of course, and then uh, there's a handful of us who who are there, and we can do local work. Got it. So that's how I get a lot of my work, and and that's why I'll get a nice big if I get a nice big nice enough role, big enough role, I'll come home and um, and shoot in Budapest. That's really cool, and it's good to be able to do that. And so you speak a number of languages. Clearly, Hungarian and English are two of them. What else do you have in your repertoire? Italian, it sounds like, or at least a little bit. <laughs> I can basically learn lines in any language, okay. um, but French, French, Hungarian, and English are my three go-tos, and then I've had to learn German for a TV show called The River, all my lines were in German, and uh, I've had to learn Russian for certain things, um, French comes up, and then the Italian for Westworld, which didn't end up making the cut, but yeah. Different languages. Nice. Do you do you remember any of your your lines in Italian? Do you want to get those lines out there for the world now, or is that too is that a bridge too far? You're probably not in character, so I'll, I rescind the question. I apologize. <laughs> Unless well, you're ready. It's, it's from Dante's Inferno. It's it's old Italian. It's it's um, not even what they speak now, but it's uh, it's from Dante's Inferno. So it's like. <laughs> I can give you a line or two. Per me si va nella città dolente. Per me si va nell'eterno dolore. How's that? Is that good enough? I'll tell you what. One, that was fantastic. Two, uh, our our legal advisor for the show, which also doubles as my friend Linda, who happens to be a lawyer, is Italian. And I'm going to ask her what she thinks. But to me, it sounded phenomenal. So good job, Lily. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Um, All right. Go ahead. And that's Dante, so you can't really... Sue. <laughs> no, exactly. No, it's all good. It's Dante. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. Property. That's right. Dante has, uh, it's part of the lexicon of humanity at this point, right? Um, yes. All right. So let's, I have one more question based on Hungary, and then maybe we'll get into a couple of things you're working on and we'll get you out of here. Um, so I, I phrase to you in my questioning that some of my really good friends in college, um, their parents were born in Budapest and they were born here in the States, but certainly grew up, grew up speaking Hungarian and traveling back home to see family in the summers. And so one year I'm living here in New York and my buddy Leventa calls me and he says, um, you're coming to Astoria tonight in Queens for, to see a show. And I said, well, why would I do that? And he's like, it's the Hungarian Britney Spears, baby Gabi. And so I want to know, one, does that ring a bell? Two, was she actually even quasi that big in Hungary? And three, do you, do you remember baby Gabi? I do. Okay. I do remember her from going home in the summers. Um, yeah, she was huge. Nice. Okay, because she obviously went in the states. Clearly, she wouldn't be as well known, and she played a nice, a nice little venue in Astoria. Um, 
But, you know, you're sitting there and you're kind of like, okay, I, am I being hoodwinked or is this really somebody who's huge in Europe? And it sounds like she was. So that's great. Good to have the backup there. Shout, yeah. out, shout out to my buddy Leventa. Everybody knew who she was. Exactly. <laughs> and, and the best part was because she sang for so long and it was such a small venue, even though the only person in there who didn't know Hungarian, at least somewhat, was me, um, I felt like it didn't matter. Everybody kind of speaks the language of music. I had a great night that night. We certainly took a cab home rather late, but it was awesome. So I'm glad you know who she is. <laughs> um, and then let's just get into some future projects. It looks like from your IMDB page that you've got a lot of stuff in either post-production or, or filming right now or recently completed. Any one or, or two or, or as many as you'd like that you want to highlight or talk about? with Mira Sorvino and mm. Sir Darius Blaine and um, Paul Jones um, and that's, that's going to be a great film that's coming out um, and then I have a couple of projects in uh, pre-production like Impuratus we f- they, they filmed the, the teaser for it but um, they're still raising funds for it but we should hopefully be ready to film um, by the middle of next year nice. and that's with John, John Savage and I play the lead uh, one of the leads in that with Jody Quigley, the same guy who was in Apparition. So that's the same crew as Apparition, the movie I, I told you about earlier. Uh, and then a life lift is coming out. Um, I've got like I've got like a bunch of films, like Welcome to Curiosity, which is a British film, is coming out. Um, the Wrong House is coming out. That's just a small role in that one. Uh, and I'm oh, Live or Die in La Honda. Live or Die in La Honda is a film I filmed uh, last summer. It was in La Honda, which is a sleepy little mountain town in Northern California. Okay. And that's, that's a, a great role. Uh, I really enjoyed that. It's the lead in a movie uh, opposite Blake Shields Abramovitz. And it's a film noir, and it's a bit of a Romeo and Juliet story. So I'm very excited about um about that. That's cool. Live or so, Die in La Honda. Live or Die in La Honda. I like the, that's a great name actually. I enjoy it a lot. Um, you don't do any writing, do you? Or are you strictly acting? I do some writing. I wrote a short film um, a while ago. We filmed it in one of those 24-hour film festival things and it looked really great, but it's in Budapest. I haven't been able to get my hands on a link to it or anything so they screen it on tv once in a while and then um i'm writing uh i'm writing something with my one of my friends who who is uh she completed the david lynch mfa in filmmaking Mm -hmm. school in in iowa um so she's very talented and she's an award-winning filmmaker and so we're working on something together and but but nothing completed yet so nothing really to uh write home about yet Nice. Well, like, you know, like like I was basically saying, anytime you want to uh, either talk about your projects or anything else, uh, you know, think of us at the Filibuster Freestyle. We appreciate it. You know. Thanks, Gavin. I really appreciate that, and I really appreciate you um, calling me and finding me and, and 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 shouting me out on Twitter. I really appreciate that. That's yeah. Cool. Well, absolutely. I think everybody's kind of all in this together, and I feel like. Um, what I like to do is just talk about what people do and is it interesting and um, it makes it more fun when people besides folks that I already know are willing to come on and give it a shot. So hopefully this is pretty painless. You'll come back sometime, Lily. We really appreciate it. It was 
It was great fun. Anytime. Um, yeah, anytime. Nice. Well, let's do this. I'm going to stop the recording. We'll catch up for a couple seconds. But, ladies and gentlemen, once again, okay. check her out uh, in Westworld, apparently, with her Italian lines cut uh, and many other things which we named. And you obviously, folks, can look back at it. But lilybordan.com. That's L-I-L-I-B-O-R-D-A-N. And you can keep track of Lily. I know we will be at the Freestyle. So thanks again, Lily. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Filibuster Freestyle. That's the end of the podcast, folks. Follow us on Facebook and subscribe on iTunes. Thanks. This is the end of the Filibuster Freestyle, baby. Filibuster. Filibuster Freestyle.com.